So you haven't heard from me since last year, so here I am. This is Rachel Moore, and you have found your way to Finding Ground. We're going to talk a little bit about your ID today, and we're going to talk a little bit about the sanguine temperament in inclusion. I am really excited about that one because that's what I am. And then we will get into the guts of your ID. I wonder what that is. All right, here we go. So we are on our getting to know you part of episode six in the Finding Ground podcast. I almost forgot the word. All right. So we are going to talk today about the temperament, the sanguine temperament. And today we're going to just um, talk about the part of inclusion and inclusion. If you guys have been listening before, you should know this is um the people, like the people that you want to be around, the way that your your intellectual energies are spent. Um, we discussed before about a melancholy who is somebody who doesn't like to be around a lot of people, is just a little, very smart, uses their brain hard to shut off. That's the melancholy. Today we're talking about a sanguine. A sanguine is very opposite of a melancholy, and I'm a sanguine in inclusion, and my husband is a melancholy, so we're complete opposites when it comes to that. So um, I think that this will be fun to figure out and to listen to, and hold on, I have an airplane flying over me. All right, that's what you get for living near a um, uh, Air Force base. All right, so in, so in inclusion, a sanguine temperament. This is like the social interactions, the surface relationships, and intellectual energies. That's what we're talking about. Um, a sanguine is a very social person, incredibly social. Um, without being, without having anybody around them, they're going to fall to their weaknesses really, really fast because people they feed off of people. Um, sanguines are the easiest to be around socially. Like they talk, they will get to know you they will be outgoing and um if their needs are being met of course they bring life and energy into a room they're very cheerful humorous and um optimistic people they're filled they love to be have fun inactivity actually causes them to be stressed out and um so they have to be constantly busy in order to feel like they can that they're reaching what they need to reach and um a sanguine is also one of the most impulsive of all temperaments. And I can totally, I can attest to that because I am a little impulsive. Not as much anymore, but I have been very impulsive in my life. Um, uh, I hope that some of you can relate to this if you're listening. Um, the In this temperament too, uh, they're the people that you would see like uh, uh, performing or doing a lot of uh, drama people who are out singing in front of people or just who love to be on the stage, people who like to be in front of people, um, even at school. Usually a lot of the presidents, like if they're the president of the school or the president of the class, they are very outgoing and they like to, to be in front. So sanguine, it is really hard for them to learn from their mistakes from their past mistakes, which is really funny because I can, again, 
I think I learned from my mistakes and then I don't because I end up doing it again. But um, they tend to exaggerate a lot and make themselves appear more successful than they really are, which, again, is a way to get attention and... Well, sanguines like attention. Man, I feel like I'm totally beating myself up now. But no, there's a lot of strengths in a sanguine. And God makes people the way that they are for a reason. Because you wouldn't have me talking on here if I wasn't a sanguine. <laughs> um, this One of the major weaknesses of a sanguine is they, ad- they adopt severe and destructive behaviors. It's really easy for them to adopt somebody else's behaviors because it gets them the attention that they're seeking. So if they are not, um, if they haven't worked through their stuff, then they're going to end up uh, mas- or masking themselves in order to feel like they um, are loved and that they're included in what they feel like they need to be included in. So those were a lot of weaknesses, but let me add some strengths um, to that. So a person in inclusion, when they are sanguine, they are very friendly, outgoing, inspiring others. uh, They're relationship-oriented. They're enthusiastic. They're warm. They're optimistic. Their ability to um, see the bright side and see the good in people is is very genuine. And they genuinely like people. And that is very rarely found today. Um, and they're, they're hardly ever alone. And they freely interact with people. So they're really good with people. And so an inclusion, in, in, in inclusion, a sanguine is very um, just there for you. They're going to be there for you. They're willing to take on new different, new different things in order to be around the people that they're around. And so... When I see people who are sanguine, they are very, they love being in front and they love being able to do things. They love people. People are um, what make them tick. And uh, they're just a wonderful part of God's family, of the hands and feet of, of our church, because they can keep seeing and keep um, being optimistic on how best to run a ministry, how best to run a business. It's just that is who they are. That's who God has made them to be to kind of, and the way that it works for my husband and I, because he is a melancholy and I am a sanguine, he's throughout the years, because we've been married for over, well, about 19 years now. So um, we have been able to, so I'm the sanguine and he's the melancholy. We've been able to kind of almost mesh our um, temperaments and we both know when the other is needs a break, when he needs a break or when I um, need to go out and go somewhere and to be with other people um, uh, like friends and Bible studies and just go and do stuff that he not, he might not necessarily want to do, but um he understands my temperament enough to know that that's what I need and I know what he needs. And so we kind of end up um, being able to mesh that. So that is a sanguine in inclusion. And the next podcast that we do, episode seven, will be um, a sanguine in control, which is a really confusing one. So that is going to be fun to go over. And I hope that this helps you to get to know somebody else 
around you better and so you can better understand them and see them through God's eyes, understand why they are the way that they are and um, encourage them in that and also look out for the weaknesses. If you are saying go and look out for those weaknesses because there are very many and um, but when those strengths are going, God is using that. All right. Thanks for listening. And now we're going to get to the guts of the podcast. So I've been working with women now for, I think around six, six years, five or six years. And, um, one of the biggest things that I have seen with my clients and just um, people that I've worked with is that no one really understands their identity. Because of the world that we live in, it has been totally misshapen, um, totally distorted. And so we all, I think we all try to put on a facade, we put a face on that we think we should be or who we think we should be or who other people tell us that we should be and sometimes those people telling us what we should be are are not the type of people we should even be listening to or even associating with and but we continue to live this facade that we put it we that we put on every day and we become who we think we should be or other people think we should be and that's not your true identity. You, you, I don't think you will ever understand who you were meant to be until you have a relationship with God and until he, he shows that to you, until he can help you understand what he's made you for, who he's made you for, and how he could totally take over what it is that you you think you know or that you think you you have hold of when you really don't I've worked with a lot of women who um, have been abused before and um, sometimes it's the hardest the hardest people to work with are the ones who have been so broken that they can't see past anything else and the the person who the abuser have has left them to be is who they get comfortable being and that it's just the saddest thing in the world to see because they the uniqueness and the loveliness and the amazing person that god made them to be is so lost inside the hurt and the pain that somebody has put on them by the abuse that they have that they have encountered and it just breaks my heart because you you see people on the side of the street. You see people who are homeless, who have either run away or become prostitutes or strippers or people who have just sold themselves and who they want to be because they can't understand and they can't see the pain and the hurt that they have inside of them. And I, I wish that whoever listens to this that you can open your eyes and allow God to open your eyes and see people through the, this light. See that the people out there who are being rude, who are bullying, who are hurting each other, or who are hurting themselves, are hurting. They are incredibly broken. 
and they don't know how some of them do but a lot of them don't know how to get out of that life that identity that they built for themselves they don't know how to get out of that they haven't been introduced to the one answer that can help you get out of that situation out of that facade and put on the identity that you were meant to have your true identity it only comes from god and the realization it it, it i have a hard time working with people and um seeing so much potential in them and then something happens to trigger them and they get back to where they were before because it's like a slingshot you just it just goes right back to where you were because that's what you were comfortable in and i mean i've done it myself i for for many years i spent being somebody who i thought i should be in church and then being somebody that i thought i should be at parties and i lived a total facade. I, I lived a, I lived two lives. One that was witnessing and being the good church girl, and then the other that was doing things that I should not have been doing in my life at that time. And I, I, if I can look back and see that and see who I could have become, who I could have identified with, and seeing who I could have been, if I would not, and if God would not have saved me, I, I'm just so saddened to see that who that person could have been. And I mean, I'm not all that, but, um, I know that God has brought me out of a lot. And I think that's why my passion is to, to do finding ground and to work with women and, um, other people to help them see that the only, only strong ground and the only ground that we should be standing on is God's, is God's ground and standing on Him in order to know that who we are in Christ. Who does God say I am? Not who does the world say I am, but who does God say I am? Because it's a totally different, it's a totally different thing than what the world says that we are. I don't have to have all the money, all the cars, not like I like cars, but it, all the, you know, all the flashy stuff. I don't need that. All I need is Jesus. And that is my one desire for each of the broken people walking in this world, for them to see that all they need is Jesus and they can have that self-identity that he has put in them that he has given them that he they are enough for him because you are you're totally enough for him he loves you and he spends every every moment that he can trying to get you to see that he tried so hard to get me to see that uh just recently we um we experienced something pretty um incredible we got to see our daughter's life, um, our youngest daughter's life, be given over to Jesus. Now, this if you've been listening, you've probably understood that she grew up in an orphanage and um, until she was seven and a half. And when she came home, we talked to her about the Lord and we 
we would talk to her and we would show her pictures, we'd read the Bible, we'd have her listen to music. She was really afraid of Jesus. She just did not, did not like to hear anything that we had to say about it. And it was, she was basically had turned herself off because she was afraid. She had seen things in India that most of us will never see in our lives. And I, I, that would scare the living daylights out of you basically. Um, but the most incredible thing happened in the, in the recent months. And we've had people praying for her and, um, we've been praying for her over her and, and she had a, she had woken up and she came downstairs in, in the middle of the night, which is totally rare for her because she never gets out of bed. And she came downstairs and she said that she had, she had, she was scared. And so we took her into our, we took her and we put her back into bed and we stayed with her and prayed with her until she fell back asleep. The next morning though, I got to talk to her about it and she was telling me that, um, that Jesus had gotten her, he, Jesus had picked her up in his arms and she took him by the shirt and, and she described the shirt as like a long tunic kind of thing. Um, her English is still kind of broken, but, um, and she grabbed his shirt and she, and she was just screaming and yelling and just like, ah, like very scared. And, um, and Jesus said to her, Hattie, Oops, I just said her name. <laughs> Hattie, you need to stop. You need to calm down and you need to go to your parents and I will take you there. And so he brought her downstairs and he took her to our room. And that's when we we woke up and she was standing there. But it, it, the Lord took time to show her what she needed in order to believe and that's exactly what she needed because there was I don't think there was any other way to get to her until he went and he showed himself to her and her life since that day has changed dramatically she um, she reads her Bible every day she loves to read like if she gets to play on her tablet she immediately just goes to the bible app and just spends maybe an hour on the bible app it, it, it is the most amazing thing that i've ever seen and she will stand up for her faith at school even if somebody asks her you know jesus you don't know jesus and hattie 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 will say oh yes i do know jesus i know jesus and that is something that I never thought that I would see. But it was only by the grace of God that it came about. And I am just incredibly thankful for that. And it, this is her story. And I want her to be able to tell her story someday. But I just wanted to share it with the people who are joining me on Finding Ground. And um, so that it's encouraging. And so that it will help you find your identity in Christ. And not the world's identity because he will come to you and show how much he loves you through things that may not be as obvious as it was for my little girl but um, it may be in other ways the way that he, he talks to me a lot is 
through the circumstances in my life, um, through other people, right, that that's a huge thing. And he shows me who I am by his word and um, just the little things that end up uh, I end up reading or listening to. I really enjoy um, Ravi Zacharias. I, I enjoy listening to him. And um, I my favorite devotional is Utmost High, up, Upmost Highest, and I think it's .org or .com, but they have the most incredible devotionals on there. Um, but I, I just wanted to take this time and share what I've shared today because I, I see the brokenness and I know you listening see the brokenness. Not If it's not in yourself, then it's in other people. And <sighs> Life is too short to not talk about it, to put the facade on. It, it's just too short to continue that. And my prayer is, is that you will start to be a light for the Lord or allow him to be the light and to show you the light if you haven't already seen it to help you see that his glory his view of you and and just your life is so important and I, I really pray that you can see that and um, if you haven't and if you are looking for somebody to help you see that there are many churches out there that can help you I can get you information if you would like and um, or you can find a counselor or a pastor that can help you see who you are in Christ but thank you for taking the time to listen to this and um, thank you for sticking with me and finding ground and I you can find me at finding ground counseling at gmail.com or you can go to my website at findingground.com no sorry findinggroundcounseling.com and um, you can also uh, find me on Instagram and um, what else Facebook but I thank you for taking the time to listen and I look forward to the next podcast and I just wanted to let you know that I am praying for you each one of you and um, I thank you for your prayers, too, for this ministry. Hello there. Thank you for finding your way to Finding Ground. I'm your host, Rachel Moore. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about burnout. We're also going to be talking about a person who has a sanguine and control area when it comes to temperament. And um, it's been a while, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> 